Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans, by fans. We're not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, but we promised we would give them all tickets to the Eras Tour in Inglewood if we had them. Today's episode, we're going to be revisiting the trailer, the second trailer that was released at the Xbox Showcase. We've had a little more time to think about it. We're also going to talk a little bit about the interview that Carrie Patel did uh, in the Extended Showcase and visit a couple of articles that have released from PC Gamer about the development of Avowed. He thinks a head full of tentacles and delusions qualifies him for leadership. How can you trust him? I suppose you're right. I shall do my best to see that he does not bring us trouble. Um, welcome to Valcast. We're uh, excited to have some people here today. We're going to do a couple of things today in the episode. We're going to do a, kind of a revisit of last week's trailer. We want to kind of revisit everybody's thoughts and opinions after they've had time to digest what they saw. Um, and uh, that, of course, was the second trailer we've gotten from Obsidian for Avowed. It was at the Xbox Showcase. Um, we're also going to talk about a couple of PC Gamer articles that were released pretty much both on the same day as the uh, Xbox um, showcase um, that kind of do a little more of a deep dive. Uh, Carrie Patel and the studio head uh, opened up a little bit, gave us a little bit more understanding of what we can expect in the game, but also kind of gave us a glimpse as to why they changed their direction their philosophy behind what they did. Um, so we have a lot more information from those two articles. Uh, we're going to talk about those, and then we're going to visit the Xbox Extended Showcase, which happened a few days ago, and that is where Carrie Patel sat down for about five minutes and kind of shared some basic, uh, did a QA with uh, some, some lady and shared some information. Not much of it was surprising or new, but we did get some information from that. Um, so before we do all of that stuff, I want to run around real quick. We'll do this really fast. Everybody kind of is going to just say what they've been up to, what they've been playing lately. I'll start out. I've been playing Diablo 4. Um, I did purchase it. That's uh, a lot of money, but I did I did get Diablo 4. Um, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I really like that it's not Diablo 3. I was not a Diablo 3 fan. I know there's a lot of lovers out there who are going to send me their hate mail. I can't tell you how much hate mail I got this week. I'll tell you about that later. What's the difference between like three and four? Because I only ever played three. So the difference, here's the best thing I can say. The difference between three and four is, have you ever seen the, um, the, the trailer in 2020, it was released for this game called Avowed. Um, (laughs) And then did you watch the trailer last week? Last week was (laughs) Diablo three. The first one, that's Diablo 4. So <laughs> I, there's I just got your a sneak peek into today's episode. This is, uh, uh, it's going to be fire. All right. All right. <laughs> but cool. Diablo 4 is taking, I think, I feel, my opinion, it's taking a more dark fantasy approach. It's kind of going back and revisiting the style that was addressed in Diablo 1 and Diablo 2. A little bit more graphic, a little bit more blood, more gore, but not in a, a cartoony way. Just really very. I'm enjoying it a lot, quite a lot. So t- I mean, yeah, there's component. it's not a perfect it's not a perfect game, there's no question, but it, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying myself. So let's I'm gonna go up my list that I see on the screen. So Rimoran, you're next. What have you been doing? 
yeah, I've been I played. I actually finished the campaign for uh, Diablo Four. Um, and what yeah, it, are you? What, what is this? I, Who I, are so you? I only. So here's the thing with my my history with Diablo. I I love Diablo. Um, I don't do the the multiplayer stuff. Like I always do the main campaign. I never go past the ma- the normal difficulty level. So I did that with Diablo one, two, three, and four. Um, and I <clears throat> I finished around level forty seven, forty eight. Very Damn. good. Game. I would I would agree with, with with Sora that three was not my jam. I mean, it was in a more I guess in a, a lighter way to explain it. Three is like it's a wowified Diablo. Yes, yes, that's it's, a good way to put it. Yeah, it's Diablo with a lot more stylized graphics, and it was okay. I didn't hate it, but I'm overly optimistic. I I didn't hate it, but I I definitely was like, eh, it was okay. Diablo four was excellent. I I loved it. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend if you like that kind of gameplay, the action RPG. It's 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 hitting that niche pretty well, that desire. Yeah. So, uh, Parenthesis, what have you been up to? So I have been playing and, com- and completed uh, the point-and-click adventure game Norco, which is a, I, I think it's a oh, yeah. cyberpunk dystopian yeah, point-and-click adventure game set in Louisiana in the Norco region, which are as far as I can see, it's, it's a real place. Deals with, you know, all the things that Louisiana deals with. Uh, has a high focus on uh, big, well, petrochemical industries. There's a um, clear inference of religion and it, the culture of, of Louisiana. And it's, as a person who's not from the United States and certainly not from Louisiana, it's an interesting look into it because it kind of kind of goes back behind the facade. It's you, you do get to, um, I do think you get to New Orleans, but it's sort of like you you are there for a moment and you, you it's expi- kind of explicitly in the game point out, yeah, this is a tourist part of it. This is this is not what we're focusing on. We're po- focusing on the CDR sides. Uh, one note, though, if you want to play it, and it is a good game, uh, it has some warnings, uh, and you should take those very seriously. Ooh. Um, I don't think there's... A lot. There is some goal, but not a lot. But but just just be safe for your own sake. Yeah, I really want to play it. (laughs) (laughs) You just made me my excitement jumped even more. I'm the opposite. (laughs) I've gotten so squeamish in my in my old age. You know. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I hear a content description for gore, and I'm like, ugh. I don't know. It's only fifteen dollars. It's such a great price. Oh, isn't it also on Game Pass? I think it's on Game Pass. Is it? No bullshit. It's on Game Pass. Oh, oh dang! Man. I'm definitely you gotta download in. it. Yeah, heck yeah! I'm playing. Forget it right the warnings. Now. I'm not reading any warnings. I'm jumping in. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, okay, Kiwi, what have you been up to? Have you been playing anything? I know you've been doing some writing. What else you've been doing? Uh well, the the Wrath of the Lich King Classic. Wow, still playing Good. it. Yeah, writing, and I I think I placed uh, World Rank Nine on Demo Warlock on Uldor. That's quite nice. That's very nice. Uh, then I started a new playthrough on Pillars of Eternity 1. Oh, the, I'm jealous. The, nice. with, with the cheerful father character. And my goal was to get the, the craving mother companion. Yes. Do it. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, Gingerino, what have you been playing? Uh, um, I was playing Legend of Zelda, but uh, my tendonitis is kind of kicked up again in my hands. 
So I have gone back. Uh, I went on and played. I've been playing Baldur's Gate three with my brother. So that's been fun. I I got the I pre-ordered the game obviously because I know I was gonna get it. Um, but I don't really like playing games over again, even like the intros. So I haven't really touched it. Just waiting for it to fully release. But then when my brother got it, I thought, well, you know what? I can just join him on his adventures. And I gotta say, I'm really friggin' enjoying this. This game is super well made. I can't wait. Oh man. Question then. Yeah. Question then. Will you be playing Baldur's Gate three or Starfield? Because oh, if you play. if you because if you buy Starfield the er, the the deluxe edition with the early access, it comes out like a, the day after Baldur's Gate. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> I honestly I don't know. Um, I'll probably be bouncing back and forth. It depends. Like I could play Starfield um on my device at work, so maybe I'll do that at work, and then when I'm at home, I'll play Baldur's Gate with my brother if he's online. Like maybe I'll just play that when he's there, something like that. Um, but I also am kind of I'm starting up another Pillars of Eternity Deadfire game. I'm gonna try to play as Kai from the Avowed trailer. Oh my god! <laughs> nice. You should do that. You should record it. I'm planning on it. You should. Just, we're gonna. I'm gonna yeah. see if I can get the timing and scheduling to work out. I'm not gonna make it like a thing like I did last time, where it's like it has to be every three days. I'm just gonna play it for fun. Uh, and be super cheerful and be like super. I'm gonna be. Like, I'm gonna be whatever Kai is, which apparently is passionate and yeah. humorous, which you know. Yeah, very, very funny. Tell a lot of dad jokes. Just have yeah. fun with it. Think the only stones. Want, you know, just right. go go you know with what? I'm it. I'm gonna call yeah. him daddy, daddy Kai now. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna call him. <laughs> Excellent. And you'll kind of get the feel for what we're up for. So it uh, sounds fun. All good sharing there. So today, like I said, we're gonna revisit the trailer. We're gonna talk about the PC Gamer article. We're gonna do the extended showcase. We're gonna do them in that order. So I want to revisit last week's trailer. The first big question out to everyone is going to be, have your feelings changed and what do you feel? So I am going to start because I have some feels. Um, it's funny because I got some emails about this and I didn't realize it until I went back and listened to the full episode. But I got a lot of emails that said, dude, what the hell? Between America and Europe, you like changed your mind. And when I went back and listened, it does kind of sound that way. I was very positive during when I was talking with um, the North American crew. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I was fighting back. Um, uh, I was trying to be a good host. Yeah. And yeah, not, you, were, uh, you were being a good and, host. You were engaging the content, kind of pushing back against what we were yeah, saying. But mm -hmm. I mean, you also had me and Remeron yeah. on there. We had our opinions. So it makes, it makes sense. Yeah, we're a positive so then, bunch. If you listen to the beginning of the European one, I'm like, this, I'm disappointed as hell. You know, so then they're like, what happened? Well, what happened was there was a day between those recordings. And um, in that day, I had to sit in my misery. And I, I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm not getting paid for this. I, there's no reason for me not to be honest. Yeah, so you should be honest. Um, I'm going to be honest. So what I'm going to yeah. do is I'm going to talk about how my feelings may have changed a little bit and it's going to be real quick i'm going to go very fast through so there's a couple of facts for those who emailed me i'm going to mention these facts um <laughs> i love obsidian i believe in obsidian i run one of the only two damn podcasts for this game uh not getting paid for it we're on episode 36 so i love obsidian and i love their games i'm still very excited for avowed i can't wait to play it that's a fact um, now that I've had a, a more realistic idea of what I'm getting, I think I will probably end up loving the game. Um, I'm still very hopeful for Carrie Patel. I'm rooting for her. She's a woman in an industry dominated by men. 
I want her to succeed. I want her her narrative uh, gifts. Theoretically, you know, I haven't read her stuff, but her, you know, she's 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 good at what she does. So I want I want those to come through. I want them to shine. So I'm yeah, cheering her, for her Carrie. Resume is I'm cheering for her. She's completely. got some good games in her belt. So yeah, I have three main issues that are still sticking with me. Don't forget the facts I just said. <laughs> I'm excited to play Avowed. I do Avowed cast. We're going to continue doing the podcast. <laughs> Until the game releases and after the game releases, so chill before out. We, uh, so my issues. In, I just say something quick. I just want to. I want to help establish this kind of this tone. I think we're going to try to set because I, I'm sure you guys have noticed the community was like on fire for a brief moment there at the start. Um, uh, it's yeah, still it's still on fire, fire a little bit. It's still on fire. I just, you know what? I want us to remind everyone that, like, as a community, we I think it's it's good and healthy for us to allow for negative and positive responses. Because yes, that's fine, right? You. Some people are yep. disappointed and some people are excited. And both of those responses to yeah, they're are valid, valid and they matter. Like that's so no one's doing anything wrong by having it, disappointment. And I think that yeah. that's okay. Not at all. Thanks for saying that. I agree with that hundred percent. So my first issue is messaging. So going three years silent with nothing was a poor decision. The reason that you're getting some of the backlash, Obsidian, that you're getting right now after this trailer is not because what's in the trailer, it's not because of your choices, it's because you did not communicate. This would not have happened to this extent if you had just come out and talked with the fans and the press, when obviously through the articles we're gonna talk about, you reached your epiphany several years ago and decided to change direction and scope. Even you admitted it was a change in direction and scope. My hope is that you'll learn from this and you'll be more open, not just in this game, but in other games that you create, open to creating that relationship with the fans and moving forward, more silence is only going to hurt you. And you can hate on me all you want, Obsidian. I don't care. More silence is a mistake. Your image is what matters at the end. It is part of your responsibility as a developer to help build the anticipation for a game and to create a strong bond and trust with your fans. That's your job. Uh, so do your job. Number two, maturity. Yes, I'm disappointed that I'm not getting the epic dark fantasy that I was expecting based on the first trailer. Um, and I understand it's CGI, yada, yada, but it was dark fantasy. It, it did have that epic feel, the narration, even the writing was different. Um, but I've come to terms with the fact that this is a different franchise than Pillars of Eternity. And I think that was my problem initially as I was approaching this as I wouldn't say Pillars 3, but I would say an extension of the Pillars of Eternity games. Um, yes, they share the same world, the same lore, but this is not and will not be Pillars. This is Avowed, and I'm, I've now come to that realization, so I'm excited to learn more about the world through this lens. I remain hopeful that Obsidian will try their hand at more mature dark themes later, though, and that maybe in other releases they won't give up on that theme completely. My last thing is ambition, and this is probably my biggest issue and my biggest disappointment. I'm still struggling with this, to be honest with you. <sighs> if, if you read, I almost want to cry. If you read the articles and what, I just can't, I just, I'm, uh, anyway. So my biggest issue and the one that really upsets me is the lack of ambition. Um, Avowed will be the first title fully developed under the Microsoft acquisition. You have more money, you have more resources, you have the backing of this giant, and you're you're the 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 beautiful uh, daughter. You're the you're the prize. They love you, so they're going to help. Farmer's you. daughter. This is your 
here at the Microsoft yeah. farm. <laughs> the farmer's daughter. Don't mess with daughter, daughter of city and I'll get you. But this is your chance to take some risk. This is your chance to try something new. This is your time to reach for the stars. Instead of trying to stretch yourself, um, and I know it, it was uncomfortable and hard to do that, um, instead of like, quote unquote, leaving the house, you've decided to stay on the couch, pull up the covers and settle. I hope this is not the new status quo of Obsidian Entertainment. You can do amazing things. I believe in you. I know a lot of people here believe in you. You need to believe in yourself and settling is not the answer. Don't just settle. I've said my piece. I'm now going to go to Rimran. I think you had pretty a positive spin and reaction anyway. Has that changed yeah. at all? Are you still feeling just as excited or more excited? I, I would say I'm more excited. I mean, I'll start with a little bit of, of the, the negative. We, they, they certainly, definitely 100% pivoted at one point. And what we saw in the CGI trailer is not what we saw, or not the, the soul of what we saw from the CGI trailer was not in the, uh, of the, the gameplay trailer or whatever it was. And that sucks. I, too, would have liked them to, to, to be more ambitious because I feel like they are so good at what they do. And to do what they do at a larger scale, to me, would be incredible. That being said, I loved, I have loved everything they've done. I've loved Outer Worlds. I loved Grounded. I loved um, uh, Pentiment. And I, the more I think about, like, playing the actual game like what we saw is real you know what i mean versus the cgi trailer was sort of an idea that was being yeah, presented was like to us. and the more yeah the more i thought about okay that vision was cool but the more i thought that this is closer to what we're gonna get the more excited i got because i'm like oh and then you know i i put a, a couple posts on reset era going through like i went frame by frame several times through the trailer and like found like different things and stuff and it just got me more and more excited about like seeing the actual real game you know in front of me excellent i'm i'm happy i'm glad to hear it and i i can see why that would happen as you kind of dive in more to it and you know the the shock is worn off per se and so you're 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 settling into what we know and that's smart so parenthesis where are you at right now are you ready to throw in the towel or are you uh fist is what he's gonna do what, what what's your <laughs> So what's your feeling, my friend? Are you do you you feel like you've gotten a little bit more um I don't it's not positive or negative, but are you feel like you're able to accept a little bit more of what they said or are you still pretty disappointed? Oh yes, the shock has worn off. I farm I'm better now. Um, <laughs> the dust has settled. I mean, the the bodies have been collected. I, oh yes. <laughs> I mean I am disappointed in this. I, I had thought it would be something a bit more, but now that I, I, I've looked it over again, I've read some of the articles, uh, I'm, I'm more positive. It, this will not be a game changer, but it might, might be a decent game. I, I, I still think that the trailer alone could, could be far better. I know it does, uh, Kai's um, narration does try to introduce the character, but... I would have liked it if there had been more of a hook. Uh, there, just okay. We are we are apparently some kind of we are an imperial envoy. Okay, well, and uh, apparently he's somewhat afraid of us. What what we will do? But that's like 
every single RPG character in, in the history of ever. That's You can be both good or bad. That's not new. This is not, not groundbreaking. They, they, they should have done more with this. Try to... Yeah, I mean, I know... I know that there's there's been talk that there are working on another triple well they call it triple A. I don't think that's fair because I think there's a definition to that 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 doesn't apply to even avowed. But they are saying they're working on another triple A product. We don't know what that is. Maybe that when they made that shift, maybe they made a decision. Look, this is going to be more lighthearted, and we're going to make this over here, which is going to be darker. So that's my hope is that that other product we don't know about, project we don't know about, is that that might be a little bit more mature and reach, you know, fill fill the void that we're both feeling right now. Kiwi, what, what's your thoughts? Hand it to us. Give it to us straight, my friend. How excited are you about Carrie Patel's next project? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I think I. I want I, you to be oh, honest. Oh, but oh, but my thoughts already in the last podcast. But I've been like thinking about stuff. I've been thinking about Obsidian management and the personnel. Uh, I, I'm not the one to spread baseless rumors, but I'm all for making baseless theories and. Games, as like any other art, there's some technical skill involved, but there's also human, human art to it, or human endeavor. And I think that the choices of directors or, or the senior personnel or, and whoever's in charge, it it matters a lot in these games because we're working with a lot of people and they. Whatever the top guy says usually takes the lead. Oh, it's and, a filter. It's definitely filters down. Yeah. There's no question. And I think that I've seen like maybe uh, maybe l- later part of the last decade uh, change, I guess, in the in the type of games or the what kind of a feel you get from the games. Uh, I think the Obsidian really shined uh, early part of this uh, millennia compared to this decade, for example. And one can't just say that things change or the company changes, that the people change and people come and go. And one could even go and make, make a little study of this to see how different people's involvement in different games and what are the outcomes of those games and you might find some some outcome from that kind of study but i'm i'm not one to make any claims or accusations there there are lots of talents in that company but a lot of talent has also left the studio well i mean we the good point. It's a good point, and uh, and we do know about that. That's been publicized. Like, uh, but you know what? That's like happened. Bo- it's Sorry, happened okay, before. I'm, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Go. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm I'm jumping to you in a second, but I I, I just responded to Kiwi directly. I mean, we you, there's several examples I can think of. The most obvious example I think out there that is just that most everybody knows about is the story of Bioware and what happened with them and how the leadership changed uh 
you know, was one retirement and then someone left and then they had new leader roles and then they just changed their focus and then they went completely well, batshit crazy, really. They went downhill and such a, now they're kind of the butt of the joke, right? I mean, they're kind of, yes, they're trying to make a comeback. We've heard, we've heard about what they're trying to do, but it's, it's the kind of the same story. And I don't know if that's happening here or not. I, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see if this, if, if this is going to be Obsidian's Redfall, which I, I don't think it will be. I hope it won't be, but um, we'll just have to wait and see because we're pretty excited about Redfall before that came out. So you just never know, right? Okay, Gingerino, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Your so turn. I was just responding to Kiwi because it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like when you have, um, you know, if you listen to a very niche form of music, but then all the band members change over the course of a few albums, the music changes with it, right? Because it's not even the same group that started. I mean, Obsidian's got the same name and logo, but there's a lot of different people there. And so the products they make are going to change as a result, but the logo doesn't change, right? So it's one of those things where we got to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, absolutely. What? So, what's your thought process? I mean, you were pretty, you were pretty pumped, and you were pretty excited. Are you still on the same? Are you still okay, on the I'm, same level? I'm or relatively you... on the same level. I need to qualify that with uh, the fact that, like, I, I'm, I'm not disappointed by the the same things other people are disappointed in. That I'm not saying, therefore, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't have validity. Um, I think that I didn't have high hopes in those expectations, and I think, like, I, you know, I saw the the first trailer and the kind of more grim and more dark aesthetic and tone of that trailer was really cool, but I don't have very strong opinions that it has to be that. So I haven't been let down in what I was expecting or what I'm hoping for, and that's why I'm not really disappointed in it. The only thing I really cared about was that I was getting a fantasy RPG from Obsidian. That's all I really cared about. As for tone and aesthetic and lightheartedness or any of that stuff, I'm not really... I'm happy one way or the other. I've enjoyed both sides of those kind of styles and I'll take what I get and be very happy with it almost certainly. That's just, but that's just me, right? And other people were expecting different things or hoping for different things and they feel let down by the fact that it doesn't seem like it's going in that direction or at least that's what they're perceiving and that's totally valid. Like if you expect one thing and you get another, you're supposed to feel disappointed. That's how it works. So I, I get that. As for me, I, I'm I'm still pumped. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know how much we can really pull from the trailer. Like, I know we're saying that it looks lighthearted and that it's not going to be mature, but it's like, do we really know how mature it's going to be? Like, or is this kind of, did they, did they just want to show off the yeah. combat? Which I think we, I would, I would fight back on that and say, I think we do. So I think, I, I think that we do. And the reason I say that we do is I, is by the numerous comparisons to the outer worlds not just in scope, but in style, her interview that we're going to talk about in a little bit, she talks about how she wanted to inject that kind of carefree, that kind of that humor that they had from the outer worlds into Kai and, and other companions and kind of make it more. And that yeah. to me translates to more lighthearted. And that's not a problem. Like you said, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, but it, I think there's a definite shift there. Yeah. Otherwise, why would they come out and say that kind of thing now? Yeah, if you put a gun to my head, backlash. I would definitely say it seems like I'm it's going in that direction. I just, but I, if there's anything I'm learning from like kind of the response to this, it's that like, how quickly are we going to, because I think a lot of the disappointment comes from people thinking that it was going to be more like Pillars of Eternity or more like another game they played or something like that. And then it didn't meet that. And I'm like, I don't want to jump 
on the bandwagon of it being like, wow, this game's definitely not going to be mature, and then find out later that it is. I kind of just want to take it as I go. The only thing I was disappointed about was that there was no story or like HUD shown off or anything of the gameplay itself. It was just sort of like action, which I don't personally care about. Like, I don't really care about the action in games, so... Um, but yeah, I'm still excited. Mm. I'm still pumped. If honestly, if anything, I'm more excited. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'm that guy now, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if I'm to trust some leaks, the game is supposedly not even in alpha yet. So that they couldn't even put lots of things in the trailer. But we also know from Obsidian, like how they market it the outer worlds before they released it they showed us a lot of content a lot of things that you could do in the game a lot of the mechanics and stuff even so much that when you got the game you were you weren't really surprised by anything yeah you i was kind of thinking about that since our last everything. recording as we were talking about the trailer and like i remember we were disappointed like oh i didn't see any snow or deserts or mountaintops and then i'm like wait they probably don't even have those damn maps finished yet <laughs> we probably got a trailer in the first map that's pro what's why. That's my <laughs> guess, anyways. Yeah. I also want to present one, like, maybe a kind of criticism about how we're supposed to, like, uh, think of Patel. We, I always hear, hear that uh, she's a great game designer and so, such and such, but this is actually the first game, a whole game, or... Uh, that she is directing herself. Uh, she's had my, uh, lesser positions in other games, or she has been directing like DLCs. But this is an actually whole game, and this is actually where I will like see if she has what it takes to direct a game. So, so I'm I'm keeping my cards closed for the moment and not make a large judgment. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll also say this real quick that that. Uh, Josh Sawyer's first game that he directed was Fallout New Vegas. Uh, before that, he was a designer, lead designer. So, I mean, I feel like, eh, I mean, it, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of experience there, you know, a lot of narrative experience, especially. So, I mean, I think she's fully aware that this is her chance, that she's been gifted an opportunity. I'm no doubt in her, the way her career has gone, this has been her interest and she's been kind of slowly climbing up the ladder and, and they've been allowing that. Thank God. And I hope they do that for more women in the business. And so I think you're right in a, in a certain aspect, Kiwi, this will be her chance to prove herself. This will be her chance to say, look what I, I was able to accomplish. I think all of the bullshit that we're going through as far as the negative and all that is really, it boils down to a choice they made a long time ago, which was um, we're closing the doors to the fans. We're not telling you shit. We don't really care what you think. Um, we're not going to give you anything for three years. How's that? Ha ha. And then when we, when we do give you something, we're going to release some cute tweet you know, and, and tell you about it that way. That's the problem. The problem is if we had been getting bits and pieces, we would not have these expectations. We would not have these crazy, you know, negative responses on Reddit and, uh, and discord and all these other places. And people are just venting because they're like, what just happened? And, uh, the, which is bad because this might be a great game and it very will probably be a fantastic game. So, so you have, as a company, made a poor decision that is now tainting something that shouldn't be tainted. 
you know, if this is going to be a fantastic game, you've now put yourself at a disadvantage by choosing not to message, by choosing not to communicate. And I get all the arguments for communicating early with games. I understand it completely. I understand the, the risk of theft of intellectual material. I understand all the other arguments. But there is an extreme in every situation. You do not have to... <laughs> You do not have to consistently release gameplay footage or trailers. There's other ways for you to gradually build that anticipation and that audience um, and show things. That's that to me is why we're even talking about this bullshit is it's their fault. They need to own up to it. It's not our fault. Uh, it's their fault for not talking. Um, not, it's not their fault for making a change. Yeah. Go ahead and make your change. You're the company. Do what you want to do. If you, if this is what you think your 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 this your is your project, this is what ours, your best like can be, then that's make, great. Then st yeah, stick stick to it. Do your thing. I mean, you're in the business. This is your career. You know, get give us some, but don't shut. I don't see the point. I shut the, the point door like you did. I mean, I like that they don't say anything. The only thing the rest of the fans have to go off of are rumors and leaks on websites and dorks like us on a podcast that are speculating on what may or may not be. Uh, I got. I do yes. wonder how much we might have influenced <laughs> uh, the level of expectation for what the game is or not. Because I know I, I, I mean, I have a whole podcast um, where all I don't of the know. lore I get and the content I get from Pillars of Eternity, which is way different in aesthetic and tone. Here, I'm talking about Avowed, but I'm using Pillars of Eternity, right? So how much of influence does that have? I, I've thought about that a lot over the last week. I mean, we do have a responsibility, and I take that seriously as, you know, and I know you do too, Gingerino, and so that's why I try to temper myself, and I try to give myself a little more time than I did last week, which was pretty much broadcasting yeah. hours after I saw the trailer, which don't is never a good idea. Is, right? So but, like, we're putting uh, these ideas out I, there, you know, but we don't know what's happening, and if, you know, so if Obsidian did say something, I mean, there might be little mini backlashes along the way, but at least people would be on the journey, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it, that's a corporate decision. I don't blame Carrie Patel for that. I, that's that's that goes all the way to the top. Maybe even Microsoft told him to shut up. I don't know. We just don't know the you story. Listen, It'll come you out. Listen, the story will come out. You're not allowed it to show It always does. Any you you wear a modest <laughs> dress, you keep them lady parts. Well, hidden. we found out everything about Bioware after the you know three or four years later when people started publishing books. So you know we'll, we'll you'll. You, this truth will come out. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy or we're going to hear some secret, but you know, just talk to us. That's all I'm saying. This is the time to start <laughs> doing what you did by talking to PC gamer on a regular basis. This is the time for you to start building that trust in that relationship. If you don't like me, fine. I don't care. Then do it with other people. You know, if you don't want to you know, think about your vast audience that you're working with anyway, I could go on forever and I don't want to waste my time <laughs> on this. So Moving on, I want to talk about uh, what we may have seen from a lore or from uh, a, a familiar standpoint. When you were chopping through the trailer, is there anything you want to share that you, you know, I know Rimran, you said you, you went on kind of a reset error uh, ex exploration of the trailer. Does anybody want to share something that, that they didn't share last time that, that was kind of a epiphany or like oh wow i didn't seen that the first time i watched it or just jump in here anybody i did tell you guys <clears throat> but i didn't I, I i don't think i said it the first time we went through the trailer was the uh the glowing rocks 
that you saw. I think like there's like two times that you see these like glowing rocks in the trailer that seem to be something like maybe a fat. It's maybe Adra. It's they're too far away to tell, but you can tell in the two the two points where they show up that they're um, obviously rocks, and there's obviously some glowing swirling uh, around them that is pointing the attention of the player to them. So I don't was know what they are, stuff? but the it could be Adra. They could be yeah. I don't know, know teleportation. Did you rewatch yeah. the original reveal yeah, like trailer after this one? By the way, I noticed a lot of oh yeah, I did purple magic yeah. coming from like the land itself and other things, and I'm wondering if that yeah. purple stuff has to do with the living mm. lands itself because it is say we have a connection to that land. Yeah, well, you notice they changed the, uh, they completely changed the logo. So it's now got that yeah, so... purple hue to it a little bit, right? The purpley blue kind of look to it, whereas before Man. it was totally green in, in shades yeah. of green. Well, that's usually that's soul, soul stuff and cipher spells. Yeah, I mean, it could be that. It could be some, the, whatever this plague is. It could be, I don't know. I mean, uh, but that's a good observation. Any any other, anybody else want to perk up with something you saw that? Ramaran, did you uh, have like a theory on the purple stuff originally? at all? Maybe teleportation, Adra, like the uh, like that quest line in Close of Eternity 2 where they were experimenting with. Uh, maybe maybe they Maybe they figured it out. Um, they definitely didn't figure it out in Pills of Eternity too. But uh, it, I was thinking, I don't know, based off of what the game is, maybe those are like maybe uh, you can fast, fast travel. travel Actually, points speaking or of like teleportation, that. did any of you guys see the the portal like looking thing behind the the wizard Skelly? So it was like I don't yeah, know if was, I did. Where so was this? I mean, there's a bunch of, the of wizard. Through, there's a bunch of Skellies. Uh, like I mean, skeleton. Saw, like, you guys are underground. There's like lava streams in the background. Uh, he's at like a altar or a basin or something. Anyways, you smack him with a fiery sword, but if you look in the background, there's like this bright purple, I think light, or maybe it's green. No, it's purple. It, br it looks like a portal. It looks like it's at a portal because it, it's got kind of the sides of an archway on either side yeah. of it. Which is... Oh, it's literally... That's actually, okay. actually more the light. Okay. It's literally two minutes yeah. in. Two minutes in is where it's at. If anybody okay. says he knows what listening. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. It actually moves when it's the lights coming from the skeleton. Okay. When the character hits the oh, skeleton, the light yep. moves. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So you're it's right. a reflection? Is that what you're saying? Or no, it's kind of probably some Perfect. magical okay. effect from the skeleton itself. Oh, will a wisp thing. Well, I have to go back yeah. and edit my last podcast now. I have a whole oh, yeah, hour okay. long feel. Look, it's all speculative. Like, Come on, give yourself a like, break. Is that here. A portal? Yeah. Wait a second. There's no portals in AOR. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Existence. What the f Speaking of Speaking of spells and magic, I took a look at the trailer and tried to find what spells are used in the trailer and like trying to like point out that which of the pillars of eternity abilities and spells they are used and uh well i could i could go and list what i found but i could also make a general observation that i found basically nothing ab about chanters uh monks priests and uh and 
this in contrast with the uh, one of the uh, links that we have here. Uh, it was the Obsidian Breaks Three Year Silence. Here we have uh, oh, right, of right. these things like uh, there are several ability trees to progress through, and you won't be locked to a particular class or play style. Now I'm reading this from a cynical standpoint and. I fear that there will be, be less ability I'm, I'm trees than sure there are That's classes in BOE. If, if, yeah. If the game's only... I mean, only it would be, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I saw the list. You'd be able to, unless, unless you're leveling up every time you smack a dude in the face. I saw the list you were talking about, Kiwi. Kiwi posted a list in our Discord about um, some of the spells that you saw in the trailer. Um, this is actually encouraging to me. I kind of like it. I'm actually going to go back through and see if I can spot these um, myself. Um, so Flames of Devotion. Um, do you want to talk about some of those real quick since we have the time? I mean, uh, okay. Uh, well, we, we see the double pistols. You have this uh, strange light effect. It, it reminds me of Flames of Devotion, the Paladin yeah. spell. Deck. Then the, we have this freezing spell, which is basically Calacal's Sunless Grasp. Uh, put in a twist that you can do it from a range. Then, of course, we all see saw the fireball. Then we see this kind of a spe green spell coming from the ground and putting roots on the enemy. So basically, some druid spell like Tanglefoot. And we have see some cipher magic like the soul like soul shock where we see this. Purple. Oh, I thought that was a. I thought that was a magic missile thing. I, and hitting I misplaced the enemy. that one. I'm sorry, Minoletta's yeah, magic, magic missile. Magic missiles, My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was full of era, but that's uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to even describe it. We all know that. There's yeah, a couple yeah. Of, there's a couple of charges like with or without shield. Uh, there's one where the player character charges in and then does a wizard spell, Torrent of Flame, where basically fire comes in this, like this sphere and, which expands from him. And then we have the character smashing with both fists around. It makes me think of Barbaric Smash. I couldn't find anything else that would like resemble that sort of stuff. At one point we have the Character swinging a two-handed weapon at an enemy, and when the when it connects, there's lots of purple color everywhere, and makes me think of Cipher Soul Whip, basically. And in the end, very end, where the player character makes this stomp, and we get the about logo. Um, because there's some purple hue to the spell. It makes I me think that of that Amplified like Wave by Cipher. But yeah, Amplified ah. Wave makes more sense. Yeah, it's weird because the player character holds a wizard spell book in his hand at first, at first shot, and when the camera angle changes, then he's yeah. actually not holding the book anymore God, and does God basically bless a cipher like spell. You, for doing this list, because I was trying to do it yeah, and I, I was... got, I got three abilities in, and I'm like, seriously, that's awesome. I have other things. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I mean, I, even if you're right on half of those, that encourages me because, you know, then I'm I'm kind of feeling like there is some 
grounded and not to use that word, but there is some, um, we'll say it, they're grounded into the past that they're not just giving, not just starting a new breath and doing new spells. And so we're, we're, you know, we're starting to see bits and pieces of this world that we know that we're familiar with, uh, hopefully coming to fruition. Um, anyone else want to this last chance? Do you want to share something you saw an observation you didn't share before? Um, I think that anything that go an impression ahead. you had, <laughs> so go I noticed. Oh, go ahead. Oh, all three of you. Okay. Parenthesis. You're first. <laughs> parenthesis. So going, go for it. So going over the trailer with a fine tune comb, fine tooth comb again and again, I, I don't know, perhaps I'm just being, being too generous, but I actually get a sense that there's a lot of different environments with different design styles. Like there's a, a, a pineish sort of forest. There is a uh, birch looking kind of trees. There are wasteland or mountainous terrain with, with the bioluminescent fungus, fungi and plants. And so I know, I know we, we went hard on saying, this is a living lands. I wanted completely different environments all the time, but it might be there, but they might just have been too subtle about it. And that might be just be me giving the trailer too think, much uh, credit. credit. Plus, we probably only saw one or okay. two of the maps rather than the rest of them. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I don't know who said it. One of us said it, uh, that we're probably just seeing the the beginning of the game, mostly, except for a couple of scenes. We're seeing the open area, the one you come into at the very when you first land at the Living Lands. Um, I, that would be my guess, because that's probably what's been fleshed out at this point the most, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, mm. I, that would be my guess. You know, what's actually weird about, you know, hearing that this would we are seeing most of the, the start of the game and not the other parts. Because Obsidian used to have this design philosophy, at least in Pillars yeah, 1. They say so in the developer comments. They make starting POV areas one. last. Mm -hmm. so, but I mean, we don't know if it's the open oh, area. Okay. It definitely has open area vibes, but. All right. We don't. That's speculation. That's pure speculation. And so, anyway, moving forward, Rimmer, and I know you jumped in. Uh, thanks, Parenthesis, for that observation. That's a good one. Remember, and what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say the other thing I noticed that I showed you guys already was the, uh, the ocean folk woman who there is. So you see Kai, and he speaks a lot in the trailer, but you also see a second companion that you don't all you You see her three times in the trailer, um, but she's ocean folk. She has like yellow vestments i guess you would say and almost like a priest kind of wand That's been the consensus in uh, a lot of she the seems forums, to be a priest um but you see her three times in the trailer yeah can you so, just for the listeners can you tell them where in the trailer that is kind of so they uh, can pick there's it one t one time in 119 you see her uh there's one time before that and one time at, like there's one time where there's she's fighting a bear and it kind of looks like she's the player but she's not oh um, yeah 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 but um yeah you see her three times total yeah, so we sh we see oh, an ocean uh, folk priest. Oh, so now everyone look up Valians and see who they worship. Could it also be a Natlin, actually, like the Savannah folk? Yeah. Because they also have a darker <laughs> tone of skin. Possible. But it definitely looked a little more possible. Valian. She had some fancy. That's you know those Valians. Too. They're all fancy. Actually... <laughs> you know, I know it's a... 
single player game, but in looking at all the footage and us talking as much about the companions and, and Carrie actually talks a lot about the companions. Now we're on first name basis, Carrie and I, anyway, Carrie talks about the companions Companions? a lot. Is there a chance that they're playable? I mean, I I, I don't actually, I I don't believe they are playable, but I, I believe that they, they are, They've said it themselves that they are a very important part of the story. And what I hear is like they're not only like mm-hmm. important part of the story, but the instrumental part of the story. And they're kind of giving hints that you like perhaps there is no possibility to, to play without them. I don't know, it's speculation, but uh, it seems that you are very much encouraged to play with them. And there was a question at some point like asked in some interview that can the uh, companions die and she didn't like respond like <laughs> yes or no which makes me really think we, that we it, can kill we have oh, yeah. Who knows? undying companions <laughs> <laughs> well I mean if they're a narrative element that, that makes sense they've done that before obviously Outer Worlds is a good example I mean you they're, they're a way for you to give history and lore and uh, information that a newbie might not know. Somebody's coming to the game, you know, they just shut off Fortnite and they're playing this, and so they're uh, uh, what are, they're like. What is Aora? You know, so this this could be their way of doing it in a creative way, where there's not just a whole bunch of books on the shelf that you have to read to figure out what's going on. I don't know. That's my guess. Is that's probably what they were thinking. They wanted to add levity, which she did say but they also wanted to have some element where you know they could flesh out more of the backstory especially if this is after pillars especially if this is after deadfire i mean they're going to want to talk a little bit about what happened i assume i mean i don't think they'll give away spoilers will they but i don't know that's a good question oh, okay gingerino you were going to say oh, something when we talked so about things ago. that you oh, yeah. may have um, seen have or a, final thoughts you had on the trailer several people talk like um one oh, when Kiwi, on. Kiwi brought up the um the abilities it kind of gave me some thoughts on how the uh the ability trees might be structured so you guys remember how in uh dead fire you had uh power pools associated to your thing like you know fighters had discipline um wizards had arcana that kind of thing I have a feeling the ability trees are going to be named after yeah. those yep. power pools. And I think they're going to kind of mix and match them, right? Like, I don't think they're going to have 11 ability trees. Like, they'll probably put, like, barbarians and fighters into some sort of martial tree and all that. But when you look at the... Tr- yeah, right? So, like, we might have the guile tree, which Rogue is rangers. We'll have the discipline tree, which yeah. is fighters and barbarians. Because we're seeing direct abilities from Pillars of Eternity in Avowed. And they did say leveling up was more about gaining new abilities. So I'm guessing the ability trees are going to be like that. I think there's probably going to be one for wizards, ciphers, fighters, rogues, and then, I don't know, maybe a nature-based one because we did see Tanglefoot. So those are the base five, I would imagine, because we didn't really see anything. uh, Like, if you look at all the ones that Kiwi listed, wizard, cipher, and uh, the martial classes show up a lot. That was one. Two... Um, I think that the Animancy Lab yeah. is run by Valians. I know that's not important, but I think it's run by Valians. 
just uh, based on you see a few ocean folk on the sidelines. The person in the middle looks like they have some style, which is pretty indicative of aliens. Also, the lamps are unnecessarily ornate. Like they're made of gold and they have like filigree or something. <laughs> so I'm like, this is a Valian run animancy lab. Yeah, I noticed that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. I didn't even make the connection there. That's a good point. I, I actually believe you Which there. Is, I think that, animancy that might is going to play a part in the story. We know it might has be to. the way they're going. Interesting. If the Valians have like the main labs in that area, well, definitely, then, yeah. Like that's gonna, I think, determine a lot of like your play style. Like, because if you want to get into animancy, if the Valians are the ones running it, you got to align with it what they want, right? So I'm kind of trying to think ahead of like who am I gonna philosophically align with? Because uh, Carrie Patel did say that personality, appearance, philosophy, and vibe were the things that you really get to create with our character. And so, like, I'm already trying to think of who I'm going to line with, because I don't know if we talked about this last time. There's like seven banners in that opening scene in the background, one of which I don't even recognize. So, like, why the hell is everyone there? I'm trying yeah, to figure yeah, out why yeah, the hell everybody that's is crazy. There. It's crazy. I would assume the same. We talked about this briefly that, you know, before that we thought maybe there was some uh, either cataclysmic event oh, or there was there's something that people are. There's a new power that people are trying to get their hands on. Or maybe this well, we disease see the has, there. has they're, jumped. They're on the other damn the side island, of the planet. I don't know. Like, and they're trying like, to. Why are they here? And then Ray and Saris like that doesn't. Yeah, fair. I know. I know. It's going to be like, a long I don't jump. Know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Remoran said that they could just be placeholder yeah. images, and that's true. But until uh, until I see otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that all of those factions are there, mm. and I'm just like, uh, it was very in the background. Like that's got to be intentional. The, the I mean, they, they had to, I mean, two whole that's not. Yeah, it's. Yeah, what the hell is that? Yeah, and the White March flag. I, don't know, <laughs> I mean, what is White March doing there? What is Juana doing there? You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of flags, I think. I mean, other than the Adiran one, the obvious one, it, it's, it feels to me like the, the the settlement that, you know, where yeah. the docks are, it feels like an Adiran settlement because there's they're very big Adiran flags. But other yeah. than that, I, I don't know if, if those are, like, set set you, flags. It, yeah, it, it feels like the same kind of uh, set uh, setting that as Neketaka, where you have a big city that this is held by some population, but then you have all these other factions and they want something and from the place. And that's kind of the thing I'm speculating. I don't know. When we play Deadfire, you have these factions there. They're lands. trying to basically take over the land. But in Living Lands, we're seeing these factions, some of which are really far away and also kind of minor in a sense. It's like, what? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't understand how White March and Red Sears are there and also the Huana, because that just throws the timeline up in the air for me. This is the stuff I care about. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. You've really made my mind start turning. Go on Reddit. I asked. Guys a, have said. I asked. I'm, I now want to go back and really pick apart the trailer. I've already got a couple like the of Bond theories. Uh, it's but it's been it's fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. You guys make sure you. Uh, I want to hear oh, God. your guys' theories by the way too. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know yeah. if I have any though, to be honest. I, I I'm still processing it all, you know. Um, but okay, moving on. Let's jump into the article. So there's two articles PC Gamer released on the same day. There's uh, one article that's titled "Exclusive 
I don't know why they do that. But Avowed started as Obsidian Skyrim, but evolved to focus on depth over breadth, where Obsidian really shines. That's one article. <laughs> the other, what happened to short art, uh, titles for articles? Anyway, um, the next one is a little less long of a title, and it is exclusive. Da da da. Obsidian breaks three-year silence to spill the secrets of Avowed, <laughs> its next big RPG. Anyway, aside from the goofy titles, they're they're both pretty decent articles, um, and they both illuminate different things. So I'm going to start with uh, the Avowed uh, started as Obsidian Skyrim article, and just kind of I'm going to I'm not going to read the whole thing. You guys can go read it for yourselves, but I'm just going to hit on a couple of things and just get you guys get your reaction. I think I think we've kind of beat to death the whole concept of of what they did and that that. So uh, the CEO of Obsidian, Fergus, says, uh, first name basis, uh, says, originally we were pitching, in essence, our Skyrim. This is his direct quote. But over the course of time, as we worked on it, Bethesda came, makes an awesome Skyrim. Mojang makes an awesome Minecraft. Turn 10 makes awesome racing games. Um, what we do is make awesome RPGs, right? Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my positive hat on. So anyway, uh, I know you guys took psychology in college, right? Okay. So let me just revisit something here. That last thing he did, um, that there's two different ways that could have been said. There could have been said, we make awesome RPGs, period. He said, what we do is make awesome RPGs, right? Do you not see a difference in that a little bit? Mm, yeah, they're basically saying we don't, we are not good at these other things. And it's almost like there's a there's a deep level of insecurity about what he's saying. There's there's some uh, self doubt there. There's it's not a very firm thing. Maybe. Maybe that's just him. I haven't read a lot from him. I've seen some interviews that he does pretty well, but not. Uh, I, I mean, if you're going to go three years silent, think about what you're going to say. Um, and don't question yourself like that. I mean, they they shot themselves in the foot already by saying that, like, they said to us that, Oh, we tried to make a game as big as Skyrim, and we didn't. I mean, why even say that? Like, they he could have not said it and just talk about the positive things about the game. But he right. he start, starts by this defense of you know, a defense from accusations that never were there. Well, yeah, he also kind of like I, I don't know. I always play devil's advocate here. Go ahead, go ahead. I what what he says is what we do is make our awesome RPGs, right? So what he's saying is like th we were trying to copy someone else, and we realized midway through, probably because it go wasn't going well, that uh, what are we doing? We're we're trying to copy this when like we do a specific thing very awesome, very well, then. Like, let's focus on that. And I think the, uh, I don't know, the right thing, it, it, it could just be, I don't know, either modesty just saying, right? Like, you know we do. Uh, or it could just be, you know, him trying to make his point. Like, it, I don't know. If it, does that make sense? 
It does. I see what you're saying. It definitely, it could, it could definitely boil down to that. He just doesn't think about his words and he's just rattling stuff off as it comes out. But anyway, I'll move on. That was just, that struck me a little bit as not maybe. And what Kiwi said is right. You know, why even address that? The whole article, this particular article is, (laughs) is, I want to be freaking positive. They do not help it's a, themselves. It's a weird line. What the I guess you're saying. I mean, they make it so damn hard, hard you guys. What the hell? In the process. Anyway, and then we have just, this guy here who's like, well, we did originally pitch an Obsidian Skyrim, you know, and, and all these other kind mm-hmm. of details. They don't need to tell us, but that is, that's communication. So they're being more transparent technically, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, like, like what, what do we want? <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I get I what, what you're saying. Honestly, I think this entire article is a, trying what it's a PR thing trying to say, "Hey, remember what we showed you? It's it's smaller than that." That's really what what this article That's all is. they are. You're right. That's all it is. And I think oh, no. they, they, they knew know what there was going to be some backlash because on. they were so quiet. I don't think they're stupid. I think they knew that Yeah. They knew what was going to happen when they released this trailer. They knew otherwise, why would this article come out the day of the trailer coming out? I mean, come on. So they knew what was going on. You're right, uh, Remoran. This entire article is about them trying to explain themselves, trying to almost like a, a legal thing, like trying to give the counter argument to what they know is coming and um, that's why Carrie Patel says, I think Obsidian really shines as an RPG maker and uh, with really evocative, nuanced world building, story, non- stories that are focused on depth and breadth and really thoughtful quest design. You know, just going into detail about defending yourself, you didn't see that in, <laughs> and I hate to compare them to them because I understand they're bigger, they're not as big a studio, but you didn't see that from the Starfield thing, you didn't see them, you know, uh, pulling their covers up and saying, well, you know, and don't you think, and, and don't you believe? And, and what do you think? Don't you feel like this was, and is this, is this what we, is this good? Is this what you don't yeah. see that they take their stance. They're like, this is what it is. And it's awesome. And you're going to love it. Also, and well, they don't talk about other that's kind of funny that, because they just released, um, True. Well, PC Gamer just True. did another uh, I mean, article so it, about um, the Obsidian developers doing their homework. Did you guys read that one yet? Okay, I can I can summarize it for you. Basically, um, I think it's oh crap, no, I got to read that. To. Basically, they're saying that like, yeah, we get, we make our developers play other people's games to get a feel for like what's good, what's fun, and stuff like that. And they they used a Dragon Age, uh, Fallout One and Two, and other then Bethesda games as well. Yeah, so the one Kiwi posted in the Discord right now. They make them play all these games and explore the world and stuff like that. So this this article is them basically just talking about all the other. Oh. So I, it's for me. It's um again. I, I mean, I, I'll take their hate, whatever. And I love you as a company, Obsidian. I've already made it clear. I'm on your side. I'm really, really trying to, you know do this and who is your communications person like who like do you is this like you just you want more developers so you don't put a lot of money into that and i understand that that's the way you're going but what is happening i mean this is basic pr 101 um 
come out apologizing the day that your your second trailer releases i mean uh, god help me anyway that article you can go read it for yourself it's basically them talking about why they made the change they did and that they that they wanted to go away from they wanted to be kind of more linear like outer worlds they wanted to you know kind of be more like outer worlds and so you can go read that article for yourself the other one has some really juicy bits in it this is the obsidian breaks the three-year silence to spill the secrets of avowed um and uh it it gets into a lot so i encourage you to read it if you're a listener and i know that that our panelists here have kind of picked through it a little bit instead of like me like going through every bit and piece of it do you guys want to point out anything in there that make made you excited or that that may gave you pause or that you're you know is a key element of the game that maybe our listeners don't know about yet that so they can adjust their expectations a little bit um this is that second article does anybody want to jump in and kind of pick something from there that's a big reveal if i could choose uh if I could choose one thing that I'm disappointed about, and you guys know I'm pretty positive usually, <laughs> and all of this yeah. is that you can only play as human or an elf. That, nice. that, when I read that, I was, I was really bummed out because, well, not my main, the race that I usually play is a pale elf. You know, I, I love um, that race and I love all the other races, honestly, but I feel like, like, all these games usually to me is play whatever fantasy you want. And if, especially if you see dwarves out in the world, if you see Orleans out in the world, if you <laughs> see Godlike out in the world and Aomawa, you definitely see Kai, you know, it feels like you should be able to play that, that race. It, it feels like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, again, I understand if, if the scope is smaller and you can give the, the excuse, the lore excuse that they're an envoy of, um, a deer, yeah. which is a very uh, an elf and human society, but I still want to play my yeah, screw Orleans. No one likes know, my anyway. Orleans. You know, Orleans I also want to play my pale elf. I don't care what the lore reasons are for them to go. I, I really hope I, I really I really hope that despite despite it being you know uh, a deer in um, envoy, I can still the pale elf whether they make like my it or elf's not. skin pale white <laughs> with a beard. You know, I really yeah, really yeah. like, <laughs> my initial reaction to that yeah. bullet point was like, oh, no, no, not that not the two the two races I would never pick for any of my characters. Come on. Uh, I OK, I so I was initially disappointed. I have since then kind of come back around that. Yeah, me personally, I think it indicates that our character brings a story to the game rather like when we pay pillars. Other than you were from another land, you were pretty much a blank slate. Like, you could decide pretty much everything about your character. Even playing the game, you could even make up things about what you were doing there. Like, when the when Kalisha asks you, what are you doing here in the Deerwood? You can give her an answer. I feel like in Avowed, your main character comes there with a story. And for whatever reason, it's important that you be, I don't want to use this word, but whatever, a pureblood Adirin. <laughs> for for lack of a better word. I I don't know why. That's my best guess of why they would restrict that. Because they know people want to play the other races. They must know that. And I know they know that. So they had to have made that decision for a, what I would hope is a damn good reason. And that's the best one I can come up with. Which honestly is that's kind of that's pretty good. I like having evocative characters be written for the main character. I wasn't unhappy that Geralt was the main character in The Witcher and you didn't get to decide shit about his background. 
No, no, I know. I know it is. True. Oh, that's a little different. That's a little different. Here, here's, here, here's a, um, here's a, a, a slightly different take. Okay. What if you're not like a specific envoy, but a very trusted, I don't know, mercenary person hired, like you've been working with the Adirans for a very long time. So they trust you whether, whether you are an Orlin or an elf, it doesn't matter. I feel like you can do that without like you can make the lore work. I, I and I think the only reason on that I can like see them doing that is scope of the game. About, I, I don't know. Yeah. But you make um, a good point, right? Like, could they have figured I, it out? So we had the options. And you're right. Like it's, that's true. It's a, yeah, a game as big as the Outer Worlds. Like, do they wanna? Do they wanna rewrite lines for a Mowans and Orlins and Godlikes and all the sub races? Like that is a lot of extra work. So maybe they just didn't want to do it. I I I have a take that it's just that all the other races are of different height and build that they it's easier just to make humans and elves sure they can have a story related reason to it you know it might even be related to your soul stuff that it can be on the humans and elves and they have a particular history to that continent but who knows but i just think that there might be also reasons why it would be hard to make for different races the first person type of game yeah Okay, that's what I, I'm I see that. I, I see. I see that. I see those points. Um, I am curious about one particular thing. I'm going to push on parenthesis here to see what his opinion of this is, and that is, it's kind of it is revealed in this article that there are um, several ability trees to progress through. However, you won't be locked to a particular class or play style. You'll level up, but you'll focus on unlocking abilities rather than making choices and putting stats in to grow your character. How do you feel he about just, that? He, for he can't even. <clears throat> no. <laughs> I, uh, as much as uh, I, I have a hard time with. I know exactly what I think about this. It's I. Uh, so I mean, Pillars of Eternity was a throwback to the old in Infinity Engine games, and they had class systems, and it it made sense there. The the, the main thing that 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 annoys me with this is that it make it sort of. Uh, kind of sort of dilutes the lore a bit it's i i kind of got the impression that that you know but on the other hand it doesn't really i mean if you but, but well did the law make sense did it make sense that you couldn't be a cipher and a priest uh not not quite i mean so it's it's if you have these kind of first person uh role-playing games i guess most people are more used to a a um, ability tree system, so that makes sense. But but it does bother me because it it does kind of it it, it does kind of unpick some of the the things that I thought they have established in the first two games. So I'm I'm not a distinct fan concerning the part about unlocking new abilities. That's also mixed blessing because sometimes I did love the 
the passives that you could choose between. It's like, oh, do, do you want do you want this new ability that you have to manage or be part of the toolbox, or do you just want to to be bigger, better at at this thing? Uh, so uh, I'm I'm not you know this is this is not a, a a bold feature that would make me buy the game. I would buy it in spite of it. I think I think is the conclusion. Yeah. Anyone else want to chime in on the uh, you won't be locked to a particular class or play style and that as you level up, you're just unlocking abilities instead of putting points in to grow <laughs> stronger in a certain direction. Uh, if you're not playing Priest of Udic, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to play a Pale Elf, Bleak Walker Paladin, whether Obsidian likes it or not. I'm going to put some I'm going to put some some skills in the the two-handed tree or whatever they they, Anyone they do who hires that, me to do I'm something. Some skills I'm going to kill everyone tree, involved. And I'm going to pretend that I'm a paladin who worships Remergon. That's what I'm going to do. So I, as long as I can do that <laughs> I'm going to try to do that. So if if, if it allows Honestly, me to like do you're, something you're like that that'd like be cool. Fun but it I don't fun. think we know but enough I, other than I'm going to approach it like that. Like to, if to I want to build a straight up wizard from Pillars of Eternity, I'm just going to I'm going to lock myself to one or two trees, whatever it is, and be like, nope, I'm not allowed to touch any of the other abilities. I'm going to, I'm playing a damn mage, and that's what I'm going to stick to. That's, I mean, I kind of approach those like open class games like that when I want to do a role playing build, anyways. I think most people do. So I, I do find that fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, that's what they did in Skyrim, right? I mean, you're, you're, Kind of. I mean, you're they're kind of poking at Skyrim with the putting points into the stats to grow stronger, but they're just basically saying choice. I think a better example would be the Dungeon Siege. I know I keep harking back to that old game, but you know, you, you and this is very simplistic. But if you use a bow and arrow, the more you use a bow and arrow, the more your bow and arrow skills uh, increase. It's not that you're going to some astral system and putting your points in the stars. It's just what you do that is unlocking more abilities. Um, I'm assuming that's what they're <laughs> you talking can be positive about. Positive, um, you just be be. What it you also are. sounds like an honest. Um, I gotta be. Po I gotta be positive. I can't say it. Can't say it. It sounds. It sounds easier. It sounds like the comfy couch to me. It's like, yeah. oh, we could do that, but let's just make it this way. Yeah. They would have to make fully fledged classes now. You know, this has secondary effects also. If you don't Although have you, I mean, you could still class, include you the disposition also system. Basically don't if, need it, if you rank up in cruelty, then you might have unique dialogue options at rank three or something. But I, yeah, I get yeah. But, mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, it's like class-wise, like Paladins paladin and Priests get some buffs or debuffs depending on their disposition to their card. As, I, what is it, Prentice said, diluting the lore? A little bit that would definitely take away from those classes. Yeah. Uh, so what about she says something in the article about um again, here we are on siding with fewer choices for the player, which baffles me a little bit, but this is a direct quote from her. The way we tried to approach, and she's talking about uh weapons and upgrading weapons is that we err on the side of fewer but meaningful upgrades. If you're upgrading your weapon from one tier to the next, you should feel the difference. It's If it's a small change, the uh, next item, then it's not gonna feel as meaningful as going through an upgrade process. 
trying your weapon again and realizing it's doing a lot more damage. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I but more I hate meaningful inspecting upgrades. every piece of armor and weapon. Cool. Like, oh, is it better than the one I'm currently we good wearing? With that? I hate that. Yeah, I agree. Oh, maybe that's why I don't play Diablo. I don't know. I just oh, that's I. I feel like if I counted all the that's seconds, that's Diablo I that for game, you right there. I would come yeah. in and really <laughs> human being like, oh, just give me something that feels good when I get a new thing, you know. But it's still a kind of defense saying that we don't have lots of variety or weapons available. Yeah, it is. It is. You, it's a positive spin on something that is. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm also the kind of person. If I upgrade a weapon, I want to. I do want to feel it. I want it to be valuable. I don't want to do what I'm doing in Diablo, which I do every time I fill up my inventory. I go through and compare every I item. Mean, Diablo is more um, built for that, but, right? And like, I do kind of enjoy game. that. The but game I can is see in a narrative game how that takes you away from the story. So uh, I'll give him. That's true. Yeah, it's not a story. It's not primarily a story game. You're right. If, so if you think about it, um, Pillars of Eternity one and two were like that, where you there there's the the weapons weren't really that like distinct unless you get the the named weapons, and then they were less of an upgrade and more more of a less of a vertical upgrade, more of a horizontal type thing, where you would choose a specific piece of gear because it it, it helped with what you were trying to do. So I feel like this is closer to Pillars. Than it is to something like like if you played Outer Worlds, man. Every no, single time like I the like, game, there's like they give you a gazillion you weapons that. and like, you have okay, to go through everyone. RPG, and I actually I played didn't Destiny like that for years. And I swear, if the stat upgrade had one tiny number go up, I was over the moon happy because in Destiny it makes sense. But in something like the Outer Worlds, like oh man, no, I'm I'm tired of dismantling seventeen pistols every time I finish a fight. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'll side with you on that. I get it, um, especially in this type of game. One more thing that she goes into, uh, Carrie Patel, when she's talking with PC Gamer, is this is a direct quote. In most of our games, companions have been optional, which I think offers a wonderful degree of choice to players. But... But it means there's a limit to how deeply you can tie them into the core story. With Avowed, we decided that companions are going to be core. They're going to be part of the experience. And that means that we can invest so much more in them and tie them more closely and personally to the events and parts of the world the player is encountering. Any reaction to that? Well, I think this is... <clears throat> I think this is part and parcel with the rest of the things. It's in line with the rest of the things they've done. They have locked down our role. They have locked down uh, our, our race to two choices, and they have they've, and they have made companions more or less, from the sound of it, mandatory. So they want a tighter narrative focus in their game, and to a certain extent, I, I can sympathize with that because you know if you make NPCs or companions entirely optional, then they can't have, have a big <laughs> impact on the story because you can just not pick them up or you can just kill them and leave them in a ditch. So, 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 so it, is, it is a trade-off and it's just something we have to yeah. accept that this going in, that this is how it will be for me. 
I'm fine with it. I never get rid of companions because of this story. No, thank you. I I think like for me this boils down to like it has some negative and positive connotations, but in g games like Planescape Torment or Palurskate or BOE One and Two, you take companions because they are useful. In Fallout games, in the Outer Worlds, you know, the companions Lydia are from Skyrim? maybe yeah. useful. Most Depends useful. on how you use them, and they are, like it's debatable how useful they are. And this is why, like, yeah, yeah it, oh god, I hate it. It's like this is why there's an apprehension about companions in that this type of game. So it's only about the execution. If you if you sell sell us the idea that yes th these are actually useful to you and even in, in the degree that if you w were to go alone you probably wouldn't beat the encounters like in other like crpgs mm. i have a couple couple different thoughts on it for one you know when i do my my bleak walker paladin playthrough i would be very uh annoyed at some of the 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 goody two-shoes companions that I feel like my character would not have in his party um, if they're forcing specific companions. Uh, at the same time, I do, I do kind of like the idea of the companions being cl closer to the story. I, I, so I, it is definitely give, and, give or take or give and take. But then the other kind of just skill-based aspect to it, I hope that if they do do this, that they don't tie companion power to an ability yeah. like they did inside um, Outer Worlds. Gonna... Like, I think you had you have to have your leadership high for them to be useful at all. Otherwise, they would be dead as soon as they, the fight starts. So as long as they don't... Yeah, if, as long as they don't do that, um, and I could... I don't... I'll be annoyed, but I wouldn't mind in my bad guy playthrough, you know, someone saying, oh, you, I hate that you did that. You know what I mean? That, that, that doesn't bother me yeah. too much. I think that but the, the as only concern as they are, I have if with they this say they are core to the story, not, that they are you know, really they get core in the to way. the story. Like, if you, okay, I have to have a companion around, but I'm playing a stealthy guy, but my companion affects my stealth. If that is there, like, that that kind of thing. You, if you, yeah, but at least in Skyrim, you could be yeah. like, all right, I'm going to be alone now. Yeah, that's a and nightmare. I mean, that's a nightmare. And that happened in Skyrim a lot. Like, what if you want to play a lone wolf, right? Oh yeah, you fuck you, stay home. Yeah, yeah, you could. You're right. Well, they might have the Skyrim <laughs> option where you know you could tell your character you're outside the dungeon. You could say, okay, just sit here and oh. eat some peanuts. I'm going to go in and kill things, and then when <laughs> I come back, we can we can buddy up I mean, again. They might have that option. In that fairness, but I don't know because you had two companions like the there at one going. point in the trailer. I mean, so. I mean, if they did, then at least they're sticking with their guns because they're like, we're focusing on narrative uh, and character development. I think she did kind of confirm that. I think she did. Silly player, and you know what? Okay. Fine. If that you're taking a bold choice, that's they're yeah. they're leaning. This is a vi kind of a visual novel approach. They're leaning into a core yeah. story. Is what they're doing, oh, no. and, and that this is going to be the story. And that what that does is takes away from replayability. So even in the outer worlds, I mean, you can knock it for stuff, but even in the outer worlds, if you do a playthrough with a different companion, you get different you get a different taste to the story. You get a different feel for the world uh, based on their perspective and what they bring with them. So that's not going to happen here. You're, you get them, you're stuck with them. Obviously they're not going to die because if they die, they can't, they can't help you with the next plot point. 
So then that brings about the question of how is death handled at all? Like, can I die or do they just revive me to continue the story? Because they're not going to die, right? I think probably your choice of companions will likely a lot of like have an influence of what your game is going to be like. And that's it's where the replayability comes from. I'm curious how, because like, I, this is this is a slightly different, like slightly pivoting, but like we're talking about player choice. I, I remember in Outer Worlds, I by mistake, I believe inside the Roseway, or one of the the areas, I killed some corporation guards by mistake, and for the rest of the game, I could not go into corporation settlements or specific corporation yeah. settlements, specifically Monarch or the the big city actually, not Monarch. The um, what's the big city's <laughs> name? Oh no! Yeah, Byzantium. I, I could not like I had to sneak through Byzantium to to finish the game. This is I could this is not go through in that city, and that was awesome. It was totally by mistake, and I was bummed at it at first. But then, like afterwards, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Like I, I I had to hiding exactly. This is me now. How much of oh, we'll that is possible? If there's anything if, Obsidian if fans do, it's murder options. everybody and like, see if the game breaks. Can we kill all the NPCs in the game, which you can pretty much do in Outer Worlds? Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. That's the first thing that will happen is <laughs> somebody's going to go through and try to murder everybody in town. Yeah, that's absolutely the first thing. So um, anyway, that's, those are all great points. I agree with all of them. I do have a minor concern that as as you lean into story and take choice away from the player, then your story becomes solidified. And it, what is it other than a visual book? And that now when I finished it, I know the story. I'm not going to play it again. So that that's my concern. I mean, I hear what Kiwi said, but I, I'm still a little bit concerned about that. I want to move on real quick before we finish to the interview that Carrie gave. Um, and she talked at the extended showcase. Uh, this was the day after or two days after the Xbox showcase. They sat down with her for five minutes. Um, it was the shortest interview they gave because <laughs> I calculated. But anyway, whatever. Um, she was her disposition in the interview was cheerful, approachable, smiled a lot, seemed to be very conscious about delivering a positive, um, uh, welcoming uh, representation, which I liked. I think that's good. That's the way to do it. Um, definitely better than your your boss screwing things up. So. You know, that was good that you were there. You're young, you're a female. So that was a, probably a good choice. Um, just going through the things that she said, um, just some basic things, and then we can just jump in with your overall feelings. Uh, she mentioned that you don't have to play Pillars 1 or 2. You can come to the game fresh. They wanted this intentionally to be a welcoming experience for new players. Uh, however, if you're an experienced player, you might recognize a couple of characters from Deadfire, you're still going to see the factions that you're familiar with. The Adiran Empire plays a big part in the game. Um, so she did say there is some tidbits for those who are fans, but we're really trying to make this, uh, it sounds like basically a new IP based on an older IP. What they're trying to do is to engage that new crowd, which kind of plays into that trailer. We talked about the trailer being kind of an really focusing on, you know, like the Fortnite kids. And so I get that now. It makes sense. You know, just show combat for most of it and cool effects and stuff. And so now that 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 kind of makes sense a little bit in that maybe it was an intentional choice and that they really wanted to kind of bring in the people who are not necessarily like us, who are, you know, CRPG fans or Pillars fans. Um, 
uh, she did say that the, it's in the living lands. You, she did say this, which I thought was a good quote. It has unique biomes and creatures and a dramatic landscape featuring unique visual perspective and a wonderful frontier to set an adventure. So this leans into the fact that we were talking about, we didn't see a lot of biomes in the trailer. That, that was a real good one. So for this me. kind of like, makes oh, me we, feel we, positive we, that, oh, she, that, that, that they're was there. We just quotes. didn't see them. Right. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, that was good. I was glad to hear that. She talked about Kai as your first companion in the game. Um, he served as a soldier and a mercenary. He's battle hardened, but he's also got a good sense of humor. Um, and he brings a lot of spirit of levity and camaraderie to the experience. And in fairness, I mean, they had the same companion in both pillars one and this, pillars two. This is the Juana Adair, everybody. Um, so this is just a new representation of that individual. Yeah, I swear if he likes pets and has to touch every single yes. one. <laughs> and isn't it? I mean, that's kind of what it comes out as. I mean. I do love, I do love the humor. I was, oh I just played the intro to Deadfire and Adair is freaking He's staying hilarious. in the starting city. The intro to yeah. Deadfire when he's like, do you not remember who you are? Well, I'm a watcher and I own a stronghold and all this other stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, really? man. Classic. <laughs> Which is a good bleed into the next thing where they were asked her, are we a watcher? And she directly addresses this and clears it up and says, you are the emphatically was, not no. a watcher. So now we know that as a fact, she says, you are not a watcher this time period. Um, <laughs> So, but she does go on to say, you have a unique soul connection to the world that gives you a connection to the living lands and some of the more mysterious forces at work there. The player is being uh, sent, and we know this about an envoy uh, from the Adarian Empire. It, they come with a mysterious aura, uh, but also a certain sense of political urgency. Um, so just curious about your thoughts about that whole statement. You're not a watcher. Number one, you have a tie to the living land somehow already. She, she specifically says you have a unique soul, uh, connection to the world that gives you a connection you're to the a, living land. You're lands, a wall mage folk godlike in the secret, mysterious forces at work there. And then at the and end of the game, you'll discover any thoughts about any of that. That's what that's what it is for sure. <laughs> you're you're a wall wow. godlike. You might but be, also maybe you just folk. revealed it. And he's calling you home so you can be with wait, Daddy Mommy. Wait, wall what godlike uh, for the rest of eternity? I don't know. I'm just I'm clearly I at least I hope I can convey the fact that I'm kidding. I don't think you're a I don't think you're a wall godlike. Although that would be a great plot twist. Yes, I, we I have it. a theory we that a wall godlike is either a pile of moving eyes or I, it just is I a normal how many person. eyes that kind of guy would have because because it's wall. Anyways, I'm sorry to derail it. Uh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I asked. So, uh, parenthesis, you're not a watcher this time. Is that disappointing? No. Yeah, you did. You don't need to be a watcher to have an adventure in uh, in Eora. You can be many things, and um, I mean, I, I don't know which kind of 
the soul connection you will have to the living lands. So I, I'm more interested in the political angle. What what is it exactly that the that the Adir Empire wants in in the in the living lands? Is it just to to fix this uh, soul plague, or is is there other things that that badly need fixing? Is it the, is it the competition, which has obviously moved in with all the flags and yeah. so on? So 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 that that becomes interesting and can lead to many good uh, tyranny-like shenanigans. Yeah, definitely drawing back to the tyranny story. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I agree with you there. I think that the political part gives me a, it, that actually made me a little happy to hear that. And that this, you know, cause it kind of came across flat in the trailer, but I guess cause we didn't get any of this in the trailer and maybe the next one we will, but um, that makes me feel a little bit better. Curious uh, theory. Yes. I have a theory that in, in the late first games, BOE one and two, Animancy played a role, but it, it didn't play a massive role in the form of what the Animancy was in that time where the game is, was in. And in BOE2, even less. I think that if, if you read the one of the books in the Forgotten Sanctum DLC, that the reclamation of the living lands where uh, people of Eder Empire are Ushered still to go is. to the living lands uh, uh, by the queen and the queen that was uh, that uh, free them uh, from themselves to basically <laughs> punish the inhabitants and free them for from something and I suppose animancy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because I think like after after the ending of POE two, there's gonna be. A lot more push to, towards animancy, this, and most factions will go and adopt it and encourage it, except Adir Empire. And there's something in the living lands that you know, due to ancient civilizations and ruins, that they found that the stuff that re it's really important to uh, get get ahead in animancy. So that's why there are lots of factions there, and that's why you are there on the part of Eider Empire, and maybe the plague is somehow connected to this all. It could be. I mean, she goes in to say that that's definitely your point of being there. She very explicitly tells you what, why the game starts the way it does is that you know there's a unique soul plate. It's devouring the living lands. And the player's mission is being sent there to investigate and try to stop it. So we know basically that's what the story is um, with a lot more, you know, added to it. But then very simple sentence form, that's what you're doing there. One other thing she said that made me happy, and I know this sounds silly, but she did verify that you can play as a fighter, a ranger, or someone magically attuned. You can invest in whatever play style you want. That I, it was good to hear that. I know it sounds silly because we kind of assume that would be in there, but the trailer gave me pause. Uh, you know, am I just I, a magic with, user that, like, the whole time? As someone um, who can't handle as much, that's good. Uh, I mean, so at least we get to choose from three things. different. I hear that like there's going to be a variety of uh, combat styles and way he plays the game. I'm like that. That's good. That means I'll actually be able to finish this game. Uh, so I'm with you on that. 
Cool. Stealth, it's stealth archer. There you go. Um, how big is it? Is the last question she addresses in this little interview, and she says it will be comparable to Knights of the Old Republic and Outer Worlds. It is set up as a series of interconnected yeah, zones. But I mean, like that's always that players like, Pillars of Eternity was the same way. Pace. Dead Player was the closest so, to open world, and even um, that was Outer the same Worlds. way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It could go either two ways for me. Like, if they just mean like the style of game, which you know, Kotor or even Mass Effect or and Outer Worlds are similar type games where there's like, uh, the the scope is similar. Uh, that's fine. But I would like more side stuff to do in in Avowed than in Outer Worlds. I felt like the open world stuff, uh, or the the the, the yeah, landscape stuff. There wasn't like much to do past like the two or three locations in each kind of planet yeah yeah uh, and, and i which if to be fair to be fair you know this type of game like the the, the fantasy aspect uh that's a, a pillar of 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 that uh genre you know having caves and dungeons to to go through so i would hope that that it is so if she's talking about hey it's kind of like Kotor or Outer Worlds in terms of how how the world works that yeah, makes sense. I, I was, but I'm if, with you if on they the mean if she means I was the content and then after a certain is, point is around what Kotor two and like, Outer Worlds have, feel then a I sense of reward or anything from checking every nook and cranny, and that's something I like to do. Um, if it is an encouragement to you guys, the PC Gamer article that uh, we haven't seen yet, I did a brief review of it, and apparently that's exactly. kind of like what they were doing with their developers. They're like, all right, guys, go play. Mass Effect, go play bio, all the Bioware games, all the Bethesda games. Count how long it takes to go from one interesting event to another on the map, and we're going to implement some of these things. So hopefully, even if Avowed is a small game map-wise, hopefully it's going to be dense. I mean, they are saying depth over breadth, so I'm... Yeah, she did kind yeah. of imply that. Um, I was looking back at the uh, website, uh, How Long to Beat, just to kind of, so we can put this in perspective of number of hours. Okay, and sure. The Outer Worlds on um, How Long to Beat, the main story uh, takes a maximum of 13 hours. If you just do the main quest, the main story plus all of the extra content is a total of 26 hours in Outer Worlds. So just so listeners are understanding, that's kind of what we're talking about here. She's comparing it to that. Now, may it be a little bit more? I know Knights of the Old Republic, it was like 30 hours for the main story. Um, and that doesn't, that's, again, adjusting our expectations is not necessarily a bad thing. I've talked before about, you know, sometimes it's nice to have bite-sized games that you know, we're not going to be playing for two years or three years from now. You know, Starfield, we're going to be playing for the next 15 years. But Avowed will play kind of as Gingerino implied in one of our last episodes. We'll play it till it's done and then we'll move on. And we'll be okay with that because it'll be a good story. It'll be good memories. We'll spend 15 hours maybe in the game and then we'll move on to something else, which is, which is fine. Do, do any of you have a different feel about that? Or you, have you adjusted your expectations for a shorter period of gameplay or are you still a little disappointed? I'm a bit ambivalent. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that, that 
Obsidian didn't have more ambition, but on the other hand, I'm glad that it's a focused game and that I won't have to, you know, look at every rook, nook and cranny to 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 experience the full. Uh, to have the full experience. If they can't give some information that you know would tell us something like bring us some encouragement, I you know I will probably not buy the game when it launches. I will check the what people say about the game and maybe buy it later some, through some cheaper Steam key. I don't know. Yeah. Unless it's deemed really good, <laughs> then I might buy it earlier. I, I, this is my Doomer mentality yeah, now. I get it. <laughs> I'm more of a... I mean, I have Game Pass. It's going to be on Game Pass. I so still gonna, might, I'm honestly. I might but I, honestly... To be fair, to be fair, if it wasn't on Game Pass, I would probably get the collector's edition if that's possible because I loved Pillars of Eternity one and two. Yeah, I would. I uh, so I oh, actually. Did, I hate. It comes with I a lot, the, right? You, you <laughs> I got the collector's edition of Pillars two, the one that came with the Aether statue, and it is awesome. It's on my oh, bookshelf. I love that really? thing. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my I love god, it. that is so brilliant. And mm. and I will I will get whatever if. There's a collector's edition. I hope so. I will, have... I will get it here too because I love Pillars One and Two. So It'll just be a big and green I love rock. <laughs> well, maybe they'll have a watch too. Like I said, that would be cool. You know, only hundred. What is the watch? Is like hundred and fifty value. They said so. Yeah. That's a three hundred dollar cool. collector's edition. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Anybody going to buy the Starfield watch? Mm. No. Mm, okay, me neither. I'm uh, just wondering. Um. Anyway, that. We've gone for quite a bit today, and I appreciate you guys hanging in for almost two hours here, but we had a lot to go over. Um, so just uh, for our listeners, keep your keep your eyes peeled. Hopefully, we're going to start to get more information. I know that, um, you know, it's, it's a big expectation for a company that's kind of laser focused on getting a game done by the deadline, which they've kind of put, they've kind of set as 2024. My guess, based on the trailer and what I know from the information we just got, is that they're probably not as far along as we thought they were. And my guess is it'll probably be the fall of 2024. Um, it'll be one of their big titles in the fall of next year if it doesn't get delayed. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But I guess the positive is because they've narrowed it down so much, they've taken choice away from the player, they've it's really just a, a narrative shot and it's close to outer world size. I expect size. it's the, the latter half. Will if it was closer to being done, I feel like they would we'll have be said able to something be like summer This time next year, maybe? Maybe right? not this time. Maybe like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're definitely some, because you switched, you know, midstream, wherever midstream was, you know, you, you kind of changed your focus, you, you readjusted that adjustment takes time away from the development schedule. But regardless, you have a PR department, you have a group of people who are employed at Obsidian, who their only job is communicating with the community, building trust, building <laughs> expectation, use them, please. Uh, give me just a, a flower. You want to give me like a flower that's in there? Um, you know, you have your whole Mario mushroom kingdom. Why don't you Sorry give me, tell me about some of the mushrooms flower that are in there. The mail. Give me something. I mean, don't go another year of just complete silence. I mean, you set yourself up for failure. Oh, man, come on. 
I think you're, yeah, I think you're contractually come. obligated. Uh, thank God nobody has my address. I'll be getting them a bunch of gotten. emails. I can't tell you in the last week how many emails I've gotten. Like, I, I haven't even looked through all of them. Oh, my God. I have a ton. I haven't even read through them all because so... Okay, not all of them. I would say half of them were really good, and then oh, half yeah. of them were just you, vitriol you, from fanboys that were just you cursing me the login and, info and, uh, for the email. which is fine. I, I can handle it. But um, <laughs> I know, I know. We, we definitely got a ton of listeners on the last one. That's for sure. So we're will, growing. Right. I'll steal all your money. There's no way. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to. Yeah, I. I respond to the positives. I respond to, I got a couple of good ones. There was a pizza man or whatever his name was, wrote, sent me any, a really good email last week. Um, you know, offering some yeah. of their thoughts I, I, and really constructive, disagreeing with a few a things I said, of, which is fine, like, but in a way that's not not directed so, towards each you know, other and obsidian. Um, and like, that's I want to bomb your house kind of crap. Jeez. Yeah, it's disapp it's disappointing. I put the blame on Obsidian. Yes, gamers are always there's always going to be vitriol on the internet. We I, get I don't it. Know. We like, get I, it. I, but I do get what you're saying, but at the end of the it, day, there's a way like, to manage that a little thing, bit and not make you're it an adult, so it's very likely, crazy like that. Uh, and you're, and you're right. For it's, your own choices. So it's, I, I get it. If you're disappointed, that's fine. But if you're deciding like, oh, I'm going to take my anger out on this other person or on obsidian when we don't even have all the info it's like no we, you just you just got to process the truth that i'm disappointed and that's you know what that's the end of the story we just got to process that true yeah and move on yeah it's I, not yeah. Uh, like i said the real thing that helped me out um was realizing that this is a this is not pillars and it's not going to be pillars of eternity this is another game and that's not bad this is another game this is another branch off of that ip and i can love it for what it is and there's nothing wrong with that so that's kind of where i'm at and that's helped me kind of cope with some of the disappointment i initially had because i definitely had some and i share that with some of the community members I, of, of, and there's quite a few community members that aren't disappointed and there's some that never played actually this is interesting because i did go watch just to plan for this podcast i went and watched pretty much all of the coverage from um people who cover this thing in the media and what their thoughts were and it was about it was about 60 40 60 percent of them obviously had never played pillars of eternity didn't have any investment in the franchise and were kind of like oh okay that looks kind of cool they make good games i'm going to give it a try i would say that that's probably about 60 percent of them there are a few, uh, the other 40% that were, that was the biggest disappointment of the show who mentioned that. And I know that if you go back and watch the IGN coverage, there was two on the panel that specifically said that. Um, the head guy, what's his name? Ryan McCaffrey or something. He was like, I'll play it. It looks kind of like Skyrim. I'll give it a shot, you know, see what it's like. It's on Game Pass. Um, that seems to kind of be the general trend of, of what's happening. But there were, there were some people who do this for a career who who were disappointed as well so well, as, the point of me mentioning we, that is that if you're a listener like there's both walk sides. into this with expectations. There's people who like will relate to the way you feel whether it's positive or negative obsidian so take a deep a lot of people wanted breath. not the outer worlds and because we didn't have any content or information we kind of even if we didn't mean to we these assumptions and hopes formed in our heads right and so when they 
this kind of went the other direction with the trailer, a lot of people got disappointed by it. You know? It's if if you accept a vow on its own terms, I think it'll it'll help curb the disappointment and the reaction. Yeah. Like if you they recognize that a vow is not any of those things and it helps, but you know, how are you supposed to monitor those thoughts forming in your head when you're just you're just looking and looking forward to it and the only info you have is this other game that's a CRPG or Obsidian or Bethesda's Skyrim, right? Like you can't help it. We're only human. So it's gonna happen. Yeah, the the problem the problem with the vitriol and the problem with the the intense hatred that that is some people are putting on public display is that you're you're actually oh, making man, it worse for the rest of us because what you're so doing bad. is the Carrie Patels of the world or whoever I'm sure she doesn't look at any of it I wouldn't if I was a game director but I mean. So that what you're doing is you're now shutting the door even tighter and you're now making them lock that door um, because they're like, well, shit, now I'm definitely not going to go out of the house. I'm definitely going to stay on the couch. You know, they're they're you're you're reinforcing the behavior you're complaining about. So stop. It's it. okay to be angry. <laughs> Just be, you can be it's angry. okay to be constructively critique what you don't that's, like. It's okay to say you're disappointed. It's issue. not okay to and even to spew hate. It was almost yeah. it was almost amusing. There was backlash to the yeah. backlash that was just as bad. And it was like Yeah, we gotta as a community be more positive in that aspect. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what? What's <laughs> happening? It's like it's like these two tribes are fighting and I'm stuck and in I'm between. Up naked and on I'm a mountain like, I don't celebrate. Really feel the way I'm you feel. Like I don't really feel the way you feel. <laughs> I'm kind of here in the middle watching you two guys fight with each other. Um, and yeah, yes, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I have advice for all the obsidian fanboys and all the haters. Okay, go touch grass, <laughs> and that is the best way to end this podcast. <laughs> I love it. Go touch grass, it's so true. And um, you will see there's a world outside your door there. So, yeah. Anyway, thank everyone for listening. We're going to end today. I'm not going to get into emails this week, although maybe next week some of your emails I will I will try to put on the – or next time we record, I'll try to put it on the thing. And we're still going to stick with trying to do at, at, at least one episode a month until we start to get more information, but hopefully we're going to start to get more info and we promise our listeners that we will try to respond as quickly as we can to that. So thanks everybody for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, the host. I really appreciate your time and your input and everybody have a wonderful beginning of the summer. I've seen his type before. No sense of loyalty or responsibility. No belief in any ends beyond his own. Your recording has started. Okay, so I think I'm good then. Yeah. So you get your, your backup going just in case. I do have that recording as well, just All in right. case. Yeah, then we should be good. Okay. All right. Uh, what am I supposed to do here? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Stop, fuckers. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in. <laughs> Leave that in. Uh, I did right. last I time. I did yes. it last time. Except put it right at the end. Like cut it out. Okay. Put it right at the end. I'll do that. Mm.